Hey there, you're listening to the Doing It Sober podcast, a podcast about everyday people living their best lives after addiction and alcoholism. Listen to the stories, the tips, and what's keeping these people sober every day. I am your host, Daniela Park, also an addict in recovery with over 13 years sober. I have co-written a few books and have my very own recovery store. To learn more about me, go to doingitsober.com. All right. I want to welcome our first guest to the Doing It Sober podcast. And this young lady is 28 years old. She lives in Idaho. And today she is three years sober, 1216. So we get to share her birthday with her. She is recovering from alcohol and she is also considering herself an addict. She is in the 12 step program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And her main uh, goal in life and responsibility is to pass it on to other people. So I wanted to introduce you to Serendy Sparks. Thank you so much for coming on. We are so happy to have you on your birthday. Thank you. I'm honored. Anytime I get to share my experience, strength and hope, it's just, and especially to do it on my birthday, that's to be honest, the best gift I could get. It really is. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so, I love people that do these podcasts. It's really amazing. Well, we're super proud of you. And I know that your program is pretty spiritual, it seems like. So maybe can you tell us, did you have a spiritual connection before you got sober? Um, to be, You know, that's a great question. So growing up, I grew up predominantly um, in the South, and it was a bit confusing. Um, I had a, a lot of different religious backgrounds in my household growing up. A little bit of my mom was a recovering Catholic, you know, and I had a lot of um, Southern Baptists. Or, um, so a lot of very stout belief. And that was really hard for me. I was really confused. You know, I walked around for a really long time and I just, I wanted that billboard moment that I saw a lot of my peers getting and I didn't understand why I wasn't getting that. But I also didn't understand that I was very uniquely different from, from a small, small age. You know, my parents knew at nine or 10 years old, they were looking at me like you need a sponsor. You know, I, from the beginning, I was an addict. Um, but I never, I had I never had basically, I don't know how to say it. I I never had a relationship of my own with God. I had everybody else's understanding of God. I had, you know, what the church was telling me I should have had and what my parents were telling me what I should, but I didn't have my own unique relationship with God Mm -hmm. until I finally got sober. until I finally submitted and God truly did for me what I can't do for myself. And he removed my obsession of drinking. And it was instantaneous. It was, you know, and I've heard very, I've heard a few of the old timers in the rooms talk about that, how God removed that obsession immediately and they never thought about it. They never craved it again. And growing up, I was just like, that's not, you know, until it finally happened to me and I got with God. And it was still to this day, I keep that memory very close to my heart. It's, a, it's such a true definition of submission for me. Mm. Anytime I, I need to remember how to submit, and that's anything in my life, anything. Submission for me is on a, it's a daily routine. I constantly am submitting. And it's only done nothing but grow my relationship with God, for sure. Wow, that's amazing. Now, you 
mentioned that you grew up in a 12-step program, so you have family that had brought you into the rooms before you even thought about. Yes, Um, I was very blessed. Um, Although I didn't see it at the time, I was very blessed at a young age. Both my parents were in the program when I was younger from, I want to say, I, I was a lot younger. I don't remember exactly what age but well into my early teens and and on, you know, they really showed me how to do this. I went to AA meetings with them. I listened um, and Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand it at first, but I can tell you to this day, AA meetings all smell the same, like coffee and cigarettes. It's hilarious. (laughs) All the coffee smells exactly the same. Um, But I was so blessed in that way. I never, ever knew then that I was going to need this program the rest of my life no matter what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Now, what was that aha moment that you actually did turn it over and get sober? What, what was it that happened that caused that to change your life? Um, you know, I th- a combination of things, a combination of things. I had a pretty rough childhood, rougher than most. Um, I've been through a lot of, lot of, lot of things, a lot of trauma in my life. And it took, it took a lot for me to finally submit, you know, it wasn't but three years ago that I finally saw the unmanageability of my life and saw, and it was the first time in my life that I truly wanted to die. I truly had lost all hope. I didn't want to be on planet earth. And it's not so much that I wanted to die. I wanted nothing. I wanted the nothingness. I was so tired of the obsession and the cycle and not Mm. being able to stop. I could not stop. And I think, You know, it's actually, um, I was on my lunch break and I was at the liquor store because I couldn't, it was going to be closed by the time I got off work and I had to make sure that I had my alcohol. Um, And what really scared me is that I could not, not drive into the liquor store parking lot. I I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop myself from walking in there. I couldn't stop myself from making that choice. And I was scared. I was scared of myself. I was scared of the reality that set in for me. And, you know, unfortunately, regardless of all of the bad situations I had been in that were a direct result of my drinking, I never saw it. Not through the abuse, not through a lot of things. I didn't see it. But it wasn't until I truly tried to stop that I realized I'm powerless. That was really scary for me and that because I'm a control freak. The fact that I could not control something was so hard for me, and I was really scared. And the relationship I was in at the time was really abusive. It was a bad relationship. And um, I finally, pain is my greatest motivator, and I was in enough pain spiritually, mentally, physically, that that was the first time I had humbly went to God, and I submitted, and I didn't demand anything. I didn't tell God what was going to happen. I had no expectation. I very simply went to God and said, you know, if you want me on this planet, you're going to have to take this because I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Total, complete surrender. Complete submission. Absolutely. And I try to practice that. And it's hard. It really is hard. But submission is one of the most important parts of my program today and, and my ability to stay sober. Right. Completely. Um, one of the biggest things for me is acceptance. Um, and that's not always easy to do. Is that part of your program, just accepting things the way that they are? 
That, you know, and I, I've often thought about that, what came first, acceptance or submission. For me, it has to be submission. Um, and then once I submitted to that, whether I under, I've, you know, one of my first sponsors told me, Sandy, you can't over-intellectualize your way out of your alcoholism. You can't. Mm. You know, you're highly intelligent, but it does not matter how you think, what you think, what you figure out. It's not going to get you sober. And so I think that moment that I finally just said, okay, I don't understand this. I don't understand myself, but I'm submitting it. That was huge for me. And then the acceptance came pretty natural. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, so the blessing. Did you uh, have a an awakening and did the promises come true after you did your 12 steps? Was that a, no. a big part? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Well, let's hear about I that. I take that back. I take that back. Um, when I first threw myself in the program before I really got sober, I was in and out of the room because I knew, I knew that I needed this program, but I wasn't ready to completely submit because they talk about that, that part in the big book, you know, those being sober, you know, it's a glum lot. I, yeah. didn't, I couldn't see myself without alcohol. How is it going to have fun? You know, it was so young. What mm-hmm. am I, I just could not fathom that. And it, it honestly, that one part in um, page 58, how it works, there are those two who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. That line in itself kept me out of the room for a long time. It scared me yes. because I was not, I was not able to be honest with myself. I wasn't able, I knew that that was the one place I would walk into and I couldn't bullshit those people. I couldn't do it. They saw right through it and they saw right through every single one of my lies. And really at the time, yeah, they might've been lies, but they were my defense mechanism. You know, that's what kept me safe. Right. So I no, you know, the first time I was like, the promises don't work. This is, you know, this is no, this is just not for me until it wasn't until I had had enough and I was ready. And then it was about my six months of sobriety. Um, God totally blessed me. I was in kind of a funky situation. Um, I had left the guy that I was with. That was a whole nother act of God. And I really had no place to live. Mm-hmm. I was kind of couch surfing and I was very aloof and it was very hard for me. I need structure and everything that I had known for umpteen years of drinking had been ripped away from me and I was just left with me and that was deafening. It was so loud and it was so uncomfortable and all I wanted was my tiny, my own tiny little apartment and right. no matter what I thought or felt, I just kept getting up and doing the next right thing one moment at a time. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, it materialized and it worked. And that six months, I got my apartment that I'm still in today, my tiny little one bedroom apartment. But it's but it's yours. It's, but it's yours. Mine. It's great. And it's the one place I get to close the doors and I get to be with God. I've gotten to help a lot of people in that place. I've gotten to so many wonderful things have happened there. And then, you know, I really kept going. I, I got really involved with sobriety after that point because I saw that it won't work if I don't work it. That's right. That's when the light went off is action, action, action. And it drove me nuts hearing the old timers say that a million times. <laughs> like, what does that look like? What does that look like? Because for me, I'm a very hands-on person. Action, action, action. What does that mean? 
do I need to go read my big book on the corner? What, I mean, what do you need me to do? Right. So finally, when it was suggested to me of service work, I found one of my greatest gifts of helping people. Um, and then I fell in love with publicly speaking. I fell in love with being able to help youth. I started working with, we have a program here called H&I and Bridging the Gap. So we get to go into a lot of the different recovery centers around here, the Port of Hope, um, things like that. We get to reach out to kids and young adults and anybody that's actually anybody that's in there and share our story it's amazing. and really give them, Oh, it's one of the best programs. Coeur d'Alene is known for its recovery. We really, you know, we don't have an excuse as to why we can't hit a meeting, why we can't reach out, why we can't be involved. There's, there's just too many options here. And once I started doing that very quickly, God showed me so many beautiful things about myself and, I really started liking who I was becoming. Little did I know that was only the beginning and we really are an onion and we shed and you continue to grow into yourself layers and layers and layers. But that was the beginning of me finally seeing that this does work. Wow. This really does work. If you work, if you work for it, it will work. Absolutely. Gosh, you really, um, you're an amazing young woman and I'm super proud of you just to listen to you and how God has worked in your life. I mean, I didn't know you before, but obviously if you're an alcoholic, it takes a lot to get where you're at. Um, what do you, so what do you do now? Um, do you work? Do you, um, what are some of the things do you have hobbies? What, what do you do with your life now besides mm -hmm. service work? So um, for about a solid two years, I was pretty much the poster child of AA. I did committees, I chaired meetings, I did functions, game nights, you name it. And for a really long time, I've actually been in the paint industry. I've, um, I worked for Wada Paint for a really long time, and now I run Benjamin Moore stores. And I absolutely love my job. You know, I get to play with color. I get to help people with it's the perfect job for me. It really That's is. Great. I get to work with my hands all day long. Um, but, and by the very grace of God, I, I managed to keep my job for. A, so uh, if you had um, one thing that you would, or just however many things, what would you tell somebody who's newly getting sober? What, what would be some of the things that you would suggest to help them get through that hard time? No matter, lose any and all expectation. Mm -hmm. any of it. You know, um, I had a lot of expectations on what sobriety in my life was supposed to look like. Um, until you can really get past yourself, stop taking yourself so seriously. It's very serious in the beginning and you're dying and it's awful and it's dramatic. It gets better and it gets better quickly. You know, losing the expectation of how anything was supposed to happen was huge for me. The minute I just kicked back and I let God work, it was, it was just easy at that point. It was just easy. God handled it. I, I didn't need to do anything. I, I did exactly what my sponsor told me. And, and it actually, no, I, I take that back. My <laughs> sponsor, I balked at quite a few things to a point where I actually ended up having to go work with somebody else. Oh, wow. <clears throat> um, because I, I just, I couldn't emotionally comprehend having to go through some of these things and I made them bigger than what they were. But really, 
you know, I had to trust a woman that was, has been on planet earth longer than I have and has worked these steps many, many, many times. And I had to learn how to be honest. The minute that I finally started working with my, my sponsor now, Patty, um, and I, I did what she told me to do no matter what it looked like, no matter what it felt like I had to find my person that I trusted more than anything, you know, and to this day, I don't lie to my sponsor. I tell her absolutely everything. My, my very sobriety depends upon it. It's the same way with my sponsee. She knows that I will never judge her. I will never leave her, but you have to be able to find that one person that you can be brutally honest with. That was huge. That was absolutely pivotal to the quality of my steps. Now you can run through and do a generic run on your steps a hundred percent and they still work. You're still going to feel better. But the moment you take that direction, the moment you really dig deep and do your step work, you will notice a difference. You know, and I've done my steps. I can't, every time I do them, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I, I can totally relate to that as well because at, two years sober here I am sponsoring all these girls I did steps and Mm. I all of a sudden want to take a gun to my head and I'm like wait what's going on here yeah I had to get another sponsor and really because there was more to be revealed that wasn't yet ready to be revealed at the time and um you know sometimes it takes us a few times but after that we're not allowed to keep doing them we need to help others do them right well and that's exactly (laughs) it you know we want to the first time around, I just wanted to get it all out and get it all over with. Like I was going to graduate AA, get my pony and go home. Like that was it. I'm trophy now. I've won, right? I didn't realize that this is a lifelong program. And I'm so grateful for that. Every single time I do the steps, God reveals more and more about me that I'm ready for. In the very beginning, don't dig deep. Don't go looking for things that God isn't ready for you to deal with yet. You know, more will be revealed in that time that it needs to be revealed in. Um, And I tried to rush a lot of that because I just, you know, if it comes naturally and then get it out. Absolutely. But don't dig, let it come naturally. And it will of 100% your second time around doing the steps, things are going to come out of you that you didn't even realize were in you, but you have a better toolkit to Mm -hmm. deal with those things versus just trying to get out. You know, it was like when I think I was maybe four months sober and I thought I knew what an amends was. And so I, <laughs> I think we've all done like, that one. Oh my gosh. I picked up my phone and I was calling everybody. I'm super sorry. And now there, there are certain people that um, I still don't have the best relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um simply because I I did more damage in my sobriety than I had ever done before. You know, I I truly think for some newcomers, myself included, like take their phone away. You get to write people letters and that is it. Like don't, don't even get on your phone. Don't try to apologize. You don't know. You don't even know how to accept an apology. None less give one. The steps are in order for a reason. Right. So for all the people out there that they, they, there's so many people out there that don't believe in AA and they don't take the AA route. Um, being in AA, I, I've learned so much there and I would have, 
probably never have had the spiritual awakening that I had through the steps, through the book, through the people, through giving back. I've learned more there than I've learned in my entire life. Um, and I, of course, we think we know it all when we get here. Um, I, I'm finding that there's so many different ways for people to get sober. And, you know, for me, I chose AA because it just, it came into my life and I had a friend and I've never felt love like that before. I walked into the room and these people loved me and they took me out to dinner and they called me the next day to ask me how I was. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to do it alone. You know, um, what do you think about, do you have any opinion about the other programs out there and the different ways that people are all doing this these days? You know, I can honestly say, and this is coming from somebody, and in all honesty, it's something I'm very open about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had, my my drug of choice is alcohol. Is alcohol. That is what I predominantly struggled with. Um, I did find out later in my sobriety, I did use some other substances that were absolutely looked down upon, upon the elders, upon anybody that truly followed the steps, and really, um, in a lot of ways, cast me out. And that was really hard for me. Yes. And, you know, the one thing I have that's so important to me more than anything, the only requirement for AA is a desire to stop. Is a desire to stop. If you work those steps, they will lead you to God. That is the point. That is our program. It God will show you how to help people. He, you want to talk about God, your will be done. Well, you have to work the steps in order to become a vessel, in order to clean yourself out, to really carry that message. It's our job to plant seeds, not make them grow. I'm not, for me, it's, it's a very personal thing. Anybody that knows me knows that I am very passionate about two things, my recovery and God. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll talk about it anywhere. However, it doesn't matter. I, God has given me the gift of gab. Um, I'm really good at helping other people and talking to them, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't until I had, and to be honest, it was pot, you know, um, when I started, um, smoking for various different reasons, I had one sponsor look at me and basically tell me, Hey, I don't have enough initials after my last name to help you with some of the things you need help with. And not only was I heartbroken, but mm. I felt like I had been abandoned and I took it way too personally but I didn't know how to cope and deal with some of the other mental issues that come with a lot of us alcoholics. Yeah. And to this day, I love her. We are, she's, she's a very important woman in my life today, but it wasn't until I started working with my, my sponsor now, Patty, who told me, Sarah, the only requirement is a desire to stop. All I require is that you're honest with me. Don't lie to me about it. That decision is between you and God. That's between you and God. If you feel like you've relapsed, if you feel morally, you need to get with God on that. That's not, you know, did you get sober for all these other people or did you get sober for God? Mm. That was because that weighed heavy on me. I felt like I was dirty. I felt that I was less than. I felt like all my wisdom and my hard work was a moot point now. Mm. And that's just not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. God has brought me so many people that have struggled with this very issue and they feel uncomfortable going to the rooms. They, you know, it's hard for me because I, it's a mind altering substance. 100%. 
Mm-hmm. It is. But that is between you and God. Does mm-hmm. it all sins are the same in the eyes of God? I'm not going to split hairs. I'm not. And for me, you know, I abused when I first got sober, I abused energy drinks and smoking cigarettes as much right. as I did <laughs> alcoholism. And yes. I wasn't going to stand up in the room and take a coin every time I was an emotional basket case because it was all an emotional bottom for me. You mm-hmm. can hit so many different levels of a bottom in sobriety. And I really had to stop splitting hairs and focus on God. God, what do you, we need to get right on this. My general rule in my life today, if I put it before God or I fiend for it, it's an issue, 100%. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I, like I that. cannot drink. I know that I cannot go drink and I don't want to. God has removed that from me. It's almost like you are uh, self-harm reduction. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of what you're, you know, it, and it's a God thing and it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> a God thing, you know, because if you look at it, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. you know, I can get into a relationship with somebody and abuse that person and do just as much damage all in sobriety, you know, before a Tuesday without even picking up a drink. So how is that any different, you know? And that's what I really, I really reinforce with the women that I work with and the people in my life. It is not Mm -hmm. about counting time. It is not about the coins. It's not about the pride. It is 100% about the walk. It is Mm -hmm. about showing up for your own recovery. Whatever that looks like, to thine own self be true. You know what? (laughs) You, uh, you definitely are an incredible person, and um, I am so glad I had you on on your birthday and that you were my first guest because, you, girl, you, you sound like you're doing the deal. This stuff is just coming out, and you, you are very hopeful. Mm. You are very spiritual. You're giving back to others. Now, if anybody wants to reach out to you and, Absolutely. and try to get help, if they have a question or maybe they Absolutely. see something in you, can they reach you of on Instagram at yep. S-E-R-I-N-D-Y-Y yep. and Facebook um, S-E-R-I-N-D-Y-S-P-A-R-K-S. Yep. And they can reach out to you. and Anytime. I think. I really, really enjoyed talking with you. I'm sorry we got to cut it short, but I, oh, I enjoyed it. You're amazing. Thank and you so thank much. you, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. This has been the best birthday present. Thank hey. you. Awesome. Thanks again. Of course.